whichever one. I might start referencing back to each one, but I've wrote down notes for two different messages that God's given me. So if we, if I have to switch my notes up, just be prepared and get your fingers ready because we're going to be flipping a lot tonight. But don't be mad at me and don't be mad at God because he gave it to me. So first off, I'm going to go to where I uh, opened up on this morning. It's First Peter chapter 5. Yes. Oh. Is that good? Love you, Jesus. Uh, now I gotta flip there, so y'all give me a second. <clears throat> the last chapter in First Peter, and I'm going to read what I read this morning, and it's verse seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm going to keep reading a little bit in this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So, let me just give you some insight about this message. So, this message, the devil has been fighting me constantly. Because he knows that I'm going to be standing on the truth. So he already knows and he's seeking whom he may devour. Well, let me just tell you, he didn't devour me because I'm still standing here. So take that, devil. Uh, So also, verse 9, it says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, I don't know about y'all, but that singing that we just done and accomplished got me a little hyped up. Did it not, y'all? So now that our hearts are warmed up and we're hyped up, we're ready to have church. Are we, are we not? Is everybody, is everybody ready for church? All right, all right, thank you. I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're engaging. All right, so he tells us in verse 7 to cast all our care on him. So my question for all of us, all of us this born again, how much care do we have for him? How much care do we put for him? So like I said this morning, I heard this message before I came in to uh, the service and everything, and it's basically how much are we seeking him? Amen. So if you read in verse 8, it says, the adversary, Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So the devil's seeking you each and every day, whether you are in church, whether you're out in the world, whether you're at work, he's still seeking you. Okay, so 
So as I was going through this, trying to study it, the devil was seeking me, trying to discourage me, and trying to make me not have this message that I'm giving to y'all tonight. So he's seeking me, trying to reach out his talons and his claws and try and rip away this message from my life and from y'all's life. So he's, he's trying his best, and he's seeking it. So let's, uh, let's elaborate on seeking. So what is seeking? It's looking forward to something. It's looking toward it. So, Marty, you came up here and you spoke about looking forward to getting to heaven. Well, I hope all of us are. And if you ain't, maybe you need to get it right. All right? Maybe you need to come down the altar, get it right with God, and make sure that you're going to heaven and not hell like we just sung about. So, that being said, we need to seek Him. Day in, day in and day out, we need to seek Him. So, as I was seeking God, the devil kind of starts backing away a little bit. He's like, oh, man, he's showing up. He's showing up. Let me, let me get away from him. God's in the presence. Because does doesn't the devil flee whenever God's in the presence? He flees from, from it, right? And God, he can't look upon sin. So if we're living in sin, is he looking at us? Is he listening to us? All right, exactly. All right, now I'm going to flip over to 1 Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 15. And at one point I did have all these bookmarked, and then I didn't know what God wanted me to preach out of, so I just took all my bookmarks out. So now it's in his hands, not mine. And we're going to read verse 31. And it says, I'm going to actually, let's read 30 first. And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. So dying out daily, how often do we have to die out daily because of the sin we've already committed? Amen. I feel like we should have to die out as soon as we wake up. Because who's to say you had a bad dream? Well, that bad dream could have been led by the devil just as much as it could have been anything else. So we need to die out. What, what is dying out? All right, let's put it to, to you this way. Jesus died on the cross, did he not? Okay, what is death? You have no life. You're not living, right? But Jesus is still living. See, that's the difference between death and Jesus. He overcame death, did he not? Because he's still living. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're listening to the Word. That's why I study. It's because he's still living today. So, it says we have to die out daily. So, that being said... We need to cast all our care on Him. And when we die, when we truly die daily, which I feel is giving Him 100% of our will to Him. So now the ball's in His court, per se. So the ball's in His court, so now He can make us prosper. He can make us grow. He can start planting seeds. He can start spreading His light. He can start doing His will instead of ours. See, we tend as flesh and as people 
in general, we tend to want to do what Caleb wants to do. I want to do what Caleb wants to do today. I want to go out and I want to shoot my bow. Y'all know how I like shooting my bow, just like y'all in fishing. I love it. I love to do it. It's a hobby. So I had, I came to a sense. It was over the past week. And I've been studying all week trying to figure out something. So I had to come to a choice. So I was having to go in late at work because they told me to, whatever. And I had a choice. Do I want to go shoot my bow because it's daylight outside, or do I want to read my Bible? And that's what God put in my head. And I, I knew the answer. I knew what I needed to do. I knew exactly what I needed to do. But yet my mind was leaning over here because the devil, the adversary, he, he just was luring it out here. Man, Caleb, you could be shooting 50, 60 yards right now. Why don't you go out there? Why don't you shoot? Why don't you... You know, that, that'd be great. You can get a nice picture of it when you get done and show it to everybody. Be like, man, look what I done. No, it ain't about what I done. It's about what he done. You know what I did that day? I'll tell you. I read my Bible first. <laughs> so there it is. So that's what we need to do. And I feel like I've had this talk before and I've listened to it before. I feel like he is closer in the morning than any other time. I don't know what it is. It's just that he's closer. And I've, I feel like Jeremiah Simpson knows that too. That's why he does his Bible and breakfast on Facebook every morning. So, how close are we to him? Are we casting all our care, which is 100% of our will, to him? So, we, I, I kind of consider ourselves as servants, right? We're servants. So when you go out and God tells you something to do, are you going to serve him or are you going to serve yourself? See, there's a constant battle in our minds, whether it's the devil's will, which can also be our will, if you don't know, or if it's God's will. So what's the better choice? We all know the answer. Then why don't we do it? It's God has put this Bible and gave it to us in so simple form for us to just read it once in a while. And yet we fail and fail time again of even opening our Bibles. I tend to, I heard something that CT said one time about people was using their Bibles as a windshield uh, look. And what they was doing, it, yeah, windshield ornament, thank you. They would just put it in their windshield for everybody else to see that they had a Bible. But did they open it? Exactly. Papa, you've talked about that woman one time brushed the dust off of her Bible. And I don't want that to happen to me. I don't, I don't want to be caught in the act of me leaving my Bible aside. Even though I have a bunch of Bibles, I'm still reading one of them. I hope I'm reading one of them, even if it's on my phone. All right, so the adversary, he wants to destroy us no matter what. All right, so he's not, God is not supposed to be serving us. And I've had this come to me here in the past week because I've been talking to my management at work. And they've been saying, well, I'm here to serve you. That's what a good leader is supposed to do, right? So, for us to be leaders of the children, for us to be leaders of lost sinners out in the world, 
How are we supposed to do that without God? How are we supposed to get them saved? How are we supposed to lead them to the light? We can't, but through Him. So, now, I want to flip over to John 3.16. Everybody knows it. I know they know it. At least I hope you do. Y'all might be stoning me like Papa was talking about this morning after I get done flipping pages. <laughs> You'll be all right. God will protect me. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, he didn't just love you. He didn't just love you. He doesn't just love a sinner out here. He loved the world, the entire world. So how many people is living on the earth now? I don't know. I lost track. Someone tell me. All right. You know, he died for every single one of those. Exactly. So before that number even was about, he died for them. So he loved the whole world, and he gave up his only son. So I was thinking the other day when I was typing this, and I told Dad something. It was a joke or whatever. But I'm Dad's only son. And that just made me think and feel so special. And that, I mean, God... Jesus was God's son, his only son, right? So, he wants us to put our whole heart into him. And I also wrote down that he didn't give his second son, it was his only son. And he died for yours and my sins. Let's see right here. Now let's flip over to Psalms 23.1. And if y'all don't want to flip and just want to listen, that's fine by me. And a lot of you know what this verse says too. Excuse me. It's very common verses, but sometimes we need to be reminded. And it says, in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Just like you're the shepherd at this church. And you're supposed to help us grow, help us and nurture us, and uh, coat our head with oil. That's what a shepherd does. And what that is, is he's protecting his flock. And that's what you do. You protect your flock. So the God leads, leads you into the way to lead us. So who are we supposed to lead? All right, We're supposed to lead those lost sheep. We're supposed to go get them. That's what, that's what our job is. Then we are shepherds. Right? Uh, does... 
I'm pretty sure my Bible says that he will leave the 99 to go save that one lost. Right. right? And it also says that he would die for that one to be saved. He would die for that one. If it took the whole world to gain one soul, he would do it. So why ain't we doing it? That's, that's the case I'm coming to. Why ain't we doing something for him? We are always stuck in a comfort zone. And I'm pretty sure God doesn't like a comfort zone. He likes you to be very uncomfortable. Because trust me, when I, whenever he was drawing me to preach, I was very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. But that's what he wanted. And I knew that's what he wanted. I just didn't want that. And that's what we tend to do. We tend to think, well, I don't want that in my life. You know, I don't want that. That's not what I want for my life. And that's what we tend to do. We tend to put our wants before his wants. So what does he want in each and every one of y'all's lives? And what does he want in my life? I'm sure he wants you to grow. He doesn't want you to decrease. He wants you to grow. And how we grow is staying in his word, listening to true preaching, listening to his word, standing on his rock. All right? So I wrote down some notes about Psalms 23.1, and it's talking about how he can guide our steps. And sometimes, all right, when I was a kid, I got my right smarter whoopings that I needed. I'll just say that. I got my right smarter whoopings. Well, what was that doing? That was guiding me. So sometimes God will give you a whooping to get you on track of where you need to go. Sometimes he might kick you in the rear so you get taking that next step for him instead of you just being comfortable and standing still. But sometimes you just need to stand still for him to start moving. So now let's flip over to Matthew 16. If you want to. Verse 24. And it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we need to deny ourselves. What is that? That is denying that I'm even worthy of anything. Because we're not worthy. Was, was we worthy for him to die for our sins? No. I feel like we should have been paying for him, but yet he is one that decided, no, you ain't paying for your sins. I am. I'm standing in the place. That's why he hung on the cross. That's why he shed his blood. That's why the water gushed out on the ground. It's because he wanted us to know who he was. I mean, that's his whole life story. It's he died for us so we could know him. So, as Christians, we need to get up pick up and keep moving forward. Just like Chase has taught before, I'm pretty sure he's actually said that. So, taking up his cross. A lot of people think that this is a burden that's on your life. And that's, a lot of people relate to that. that take up your cross, that means a burden. He's not telling you to pick up your burden. He's telling you to leave your burden at his feet and to pick up your own cross, which means you're died out 
you're done. Okay, so do y'all know what uh, a cross represented back then? It, me it meant death. I mean, that's what it meant back then was death. So if I was carrying a cross down the street, just like Jesus did, that means I was sentenced to death. Okay? So previously I said we need to die daily. All right? Well, also, we need to deny ourselves when we die, okay? When we die as in spiritually depressed from sin and get that out of our lives because that doesn't matter. He doesn't want to see sin in your life. And I don't want to feel like when I get to heaven, he's going to be like, I never knew you. And that's just going to be it. I mean, that's it. I never knew you. That's the door shutting just like the ark. That's the door shutting. So even though God is love, charity, and, and all these great things, He's also just and the judge, right? Amen. So even though He loves you, He's still going to judge you of what you've done in your life. Amen. I mean, that's just simple as can be. So let's see right here. I put we need to keep trucking on. For God. And Genesis 22.2 talks about Abraham. I think I'm going to read a little bit more than just verse 2. This one. Pages flip. And it came to pass after these things that God did attempt did tempt Abram, Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, alright, key word, only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moria, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and cleave the wood for the burnt offering. So he got the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then... On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. So he's taking his son up to get sacrificed. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, Now this is what Isaac said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So he's asking his dad, you know, where's the lamb at? Where's it at? 
Could you just imagine little Isaac over here? It says previously that he was weaned off of his uh, mother's bosom, which means he was, you know, off of milk. So this little bitty Isaac over here, he's like, Dad, Dad, where's the, where's the sacrifice at? Where's the lamb at? Where's it at? And he keeps wondering. So let's keep going right here. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to a place which God had told him of. And Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar. Laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called upon him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, so don't kill your son. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing, that, seeing thou hast not withheld my son, thine only son from me. So let me elaborate a little bit. So God and his only son was Jesus, right? And Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. So, I've also heard this somewhere else, but so you think about Jesus and from the beginning of his birth. He was born in a stable, okay? The stable was where sacrificial animals was going to be. That's where they kept them, and, you know, to, before they killed them. So, Jesus was born in a stable before, you know, his death, which was 33 and a half years later. But you think about this, Abraham and his only son. So that's very relative, I feel like. Abraham knew a connection before Jesus was even coming about. And I feel like this was also like a reference before Jesus even came about. So we all, I hope you all know the story. You know, Isaac didn't get killed that day. He... Abraham saw the lamb or uh, ram in the bush, and he got him and slew him instead as a sacrifice. So let me see right here. Where did I write down? Okay. So, God was testing Abraham in this, was he not? He was testing his faith. How much faith did he have in God for him to take his only son, who's a child, and to take him to get a sacrifice, as a sacrifice? How much faith did he have in him? So, let's go back. And he said, in verse 8, he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. So he knew that God was going to provide. He was seeking God in this time. So how often are we seeking him for what he wants for us? We need to be seeking him day in and day out, just like I've said before. also wrote down uh, Hosea 4.3 says, seize from and forsake wrath, 
Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And I wrote down that this means that we don't need to be ignorant or dumb when it comes to God. We need to let Him take full control and we don't need to mock Him either. That's what His Word tells us. So, God gave us this brain to use. Even though if it might be the grade level of a kindergartner, or if it's the grade, you know, of a person that's graduated college with four degrees or, I mean, yeah, four degrees or four years in college, eight years in college, however many it is, he still gave you the brain to do his will. So, like me, myself, I don't think I'm very intelligent. Most of y'all know that. I'm not very intelligent. But... He can use me in ways that he may not be able to use you. Amen. So we need to find the way that he wants to use us so we can glorify him. Many times I feel like there's people out there and they're thinking, well, God will use me when he wants me to. He will. But if you don't put yourself in situations that he can use you, then he won't use you. So you have to sometimes... Take a leap of faith, just like Abraham did, before he'll give you something in return. I feel like God is so powerful and just, just like I said. When we disobey, that just gets under his skin. Amen. That really bothers him. Just like lying or cussing at work, like saying people saying GD, that right there gets under people's, uh, under Christian skin so bad, does it not? So disobeying him, how bad do you, do you think that that makes him feel? See, uh, we tend to not worry about how he feels. We worry about how we feel or how we can make other people feel or how, how we can uh, make my boss feel. Well, if my boss feels good, then I'm going to be making bank. I'm going to go get me that new bass boat. I'm going to go win the lottery so I can get whatever I want, whatever I please. And I've heard people say, well, if I win the lottery, I'll give so much to God. Hmm. Will you? Will you give it to him? Or are you going to keep it for yourself? Because I feel like if I'm in that situation, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to go buy this and I'm going to go buy that. And I'm going to be so happy. All right, how long am I going to be happy? For a short time, right? Going to be happy for a short time. So why don't we just look to the place where we can be happy forever instead of looking for little bitty pieces of joy just like shooting my bow. I love to shoot my bow, but how much more am I going to be able to love in heaven? Whatever he has in store for me, I know it's going to be great. It's going to be better than what's down here. Because this is just a speck of dirt. Everything down here is going to be a speck of dirt. So why are we worrying about what happens down here instead of what happens up there? We need to start living life for Him. Instead, we keep pondering on little bitty things. Well, uh, someone said this and that to me the other day, and I didn't like it. Well, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go to this person, and I'm going to say, hey, what do you think about this person? You're just judging them. I mean, that's all it comes down to. You're judging them. 
What does, what does God's Word say? We ain't the judge. He is. He's the, he's the judge. So why are we standing back here judging others? And I'm not just pointing fingers at y'all because I do the exact same thing. I'm just as simple as y'all are, right? So many people tend to classify sin too. But you know one thing? Sin's just sin. No matter if it's a big sin or a little sin. It's still sin. And what does, what does God say about sin? He can't look on it, right? So if I, if I steal, or let's just say this. If I steal this pen right here and I take it home. And, uh, you know, God's working on me. He's like, you shouldn't have stole that pen. I'm like, I don't care, God. I'm just going to steal it. I like it. It's mine. It's pretty. It's shiny. I like it. It's mine. He can't look upon sin, so how's he, he going to hear my prayers? Many times, just like Charles said, we're sitting on the fence, being lukewarm. Well, the devil owns the fence, too. The devil owns the fence. So if we're being lukewarm, all right, that means you're sinning and trying to do his will. Well, you can't do that. You can't do it. I'm telling you, you can't do that. And even however... However hard you try to do it, you will never get away with it. Because he's the judge. You're going to be accounted for every single sin that you've committed in your whole entire life. That means entirety. However old you are, all those years, it's going to be set before him, and he's going to judge you right or wrong. That's, that's up to him. That's not up to us. Me personally, I would like to be judged right. I want him to cover my sins and he already has covered my sins so I hope every single one of y'all has those sins covered because mine are under the blood I don't know about y'all's but mine is under the blood so that being said I looked up what the word amen means alright so amen means agreement truth and I also looked up something else, and it also means that I believe. So when we pray and we give it to Him, and you say amen, you believe that it's going to take place. Amen. Right? You believe it's going to take place. You have to give it all to Him instead of taking a little bit back to your seat. That's been preached how many times? How many times has Papa said that? How many times has every single one of these young preachers got up and said, did you take a little bit back to your seat? When you take that little bit back to your seat and you go home and you pray, is God hearing your prayer? Is he, is he hearing your prayer? Because you're still hanging on to sin, correct? You're still hanging on to sin. He can't look upon sin. So is he going to hear your prayer or not? I feel like we all should maybe come to the altar tonight. Just give everything all to Him. Because little old me, I'm nothing. When I die, I'm just going to be dirt. Just like every single one of y'all. We all have one thing in common. We're all going to die. And if you don't believe that you're going to die, you need to check up. Because you're going to die one day. This body is going to die. But my soul is going to live forever. See, that's the difference between everybody else and us that are born again. 
our soul will live forever. Theirs, they're just going to keep dying day in, day out. However long the days are down in hell, it says forever. If we're spending eternity in heaven forever, how long do you think you're going to be spending in hell? It's also forever. It's eternity. And we can't judge or know when eternity is because it's forever. There's no time span in that. Um, Matthew 12, 25 says, A house divided cannot stand. So, many times we cause division. Many times we try and put things either in front of God or in front of our brother. If you see a brother out here struggling alone in the faith, are you going to help him? Or are you just going to bat an eye and say, God can deal with it and walk on? There's been so many people that maybe came to the altar and God was drawing their heart and he was telling you to come pray with them and you didn't. I hate to tell you, but that blood's on your hands. That is now on your hands because God was telling you what to do and you didn't listen. Um, there's also one more thing and I'll close with this. There's one thing that I feel like God hates the most and that's willful sinning. And willful sinning, basically, definition that I would give it is sinning and you're knowing that you're sinning. That's what willful sinning is. So, how many of us are accused of willful sinning? I'm in the same mix of it. I mean, we, we are all accused of it. So, maybe over this past week, you've done some willful sinning. Or maybe this morning you came to the altar and you gave part of it to God. Well, I encourage you tonight to give it all to Him instead of part. And that's all I got. Caleb for the preaching the truth and telling us what we all need to know especially about uh, sinning, casting all our care upon him because he does care for us but first and foremost we got to get sin out of our life if we want him to take care and care for us right and too many times we don't do that so I want everybody to stand Caleb thank you for telling us the truth Caleb said he hopes and prays that everybody has got that sin out of their life. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But tonight, maybe you just need to come and talk to God. Whether it be, it may not be sin. Maybe you've got a situation or a problem. He said, cast your care upon him because the devil is there to fight and destroy. He's seeking us, and I pray and hoping we all got that right. Amen. So everybody come up to the wants to come to the altar. The altar's open.